Good morning, all of you who are with us online. I pray that you will share this. Uh, I believe God is doing something, not just in this room, but he's doing something with you right now. And I pray that the Spirit of God would bless you and encourage you. I know some of you online right now couldn't be with us because you're on fall break. Some of you are quarantined. Some of you are keeping safe. And some of you just couldn't be with us. But know that our hearts are with you and God is doing something to awaken our hearts in this hour. Can I have an amen on that? Are you willing to allow the Lord to wake you up? I was going to preach today. Tom and I had uh, really felt like we were to teach and preach today and this week, the next couple weeks on voting and the importance of voting. And it is a critical hour in which we are as a nation and we're going to get that. But I have been deeply, deeply convicted over the last several months that God is wanting to do something in his bride. And I am going to go, I, I, I changed my message on Friday completely as the spirit of God just began to convict me more and more. And I pray that you will he- have ears to hear what the voice of the Spirit of God is saying to us in this hour. I pray today that you would hear, not Eric Haler, but you would hear the Spirit of God, Yahweh, speak to you online and here publicly. I pray that your heart would be softened to hear what I'm going to say today. The word that if I was to title this, it would be, Wake Up, O Sleeping Beauty. Wake up, O sleeping beauty. Wake up, church. You are the beautiful one that the Lord adores. And so I'm going to go into some things the Lord has laid on my heart today because there is this deep conviction that God is, that we are in much more of a serious place as a church and as a nation than we think we are in. You know, in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking and going about life as normal. And then something changed. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and God has warned us in his word that we are to be vigilant, that we are to be sober, that we are to be listening, that we are to be alert in what he's saying. He gives us signs of the time. And, and he is saying that it is in a, we are in a much more serious situation and a serious time in history than we think we are in. And it's not just serious and, and, and critical when it comes to the election, but as a nation, we are in much more of a critical place overall, not just in electing a president, which is very, very critical in this hour. Don't, I, don't want, I don't want to take anything from that. But God is wanting to awaken the ecclesia. That is the Greek word for the church. To be a powerful influence in this nation. To be a powerful influence of culture shapers. And as a whole, the Western church in America, as a whole, is asleep. Or at best, passive. Would you agree with me? A passive church and a passive Christian will not influence culture. I shared that weeks ago. A passive Christian 
is one who is just maintaining the semblance of godliness in their life, but they have no power and no influence. And I refuse to be a passive, lazy, asleep Christian. Anybody else in this house refuse to be that. The world, the culture of this world is seducing us. There is a spirit trying to wear you out and tell you to give in. It doesn't matter. Well, I tell you, it does matter. Oh, sleeping beauty, awake. It does matter. But I want to ask you, do you ever find yourself bored in your Christian walk? Do you ever find yourself in a place where you get lazy and you get just bored? Every one of us go through seasons of that. We've been through seasons. We're not supposed to stay there very long. Can I have any men on that? <laughs> but in America, we have a, I want to say, we have a man-centered gospel. And what I mean by that is we have been centering in America the gospel of Jesus Christ on ourselves. Our needs, what we want, our spiritual growth, how the gospel of Christ affects me. And we must move to a God-centered gospel where we are concerned about what God wants and what God thinks. Can I have an amen on that? That His glory and what He chooses and what He wants is more important to me than me getting my Christian ease on and getting my needs met. May the glory and the needs of our God be met in the earth. May we turn and move to a God-centered gospel rather than this man-centered gospel where it's about me, myself, and I. Dear God, I'm sorry I've been there. I've smoked that pipe before. Anybody else? We must move to a God-centered gospel. And how does this good news of the gospel get centered on God and His glory and His purpose and how it benefits Him? Because it's really about us, you and I, following after the Master. Can I have an amen? So God is wanting us to move. He's wanting us to change. He's wanting us to get uncomfortable. Any of you guys that like Easy Street, that's not fun, getting uncomfortable, not knowing where you're going or not what God is doing. You, he wants you to get a little uncomfortable in this season. And he's wanting to move us out of a maintenance mode. He wants to move this house out of maintenance mode. Much of our ministry is in maintenance, and hey, we, we, we all need to maintain. Don't get me wrong, but we've got to make advancements. Can I have an amen on that? He wants the church to be change agents. I want to remind us we are revivalists. We are change agents. We are to affect our culture. I want to remind us who we are. We're to be radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God. We are change agents. We're revivalists. We are to change this culture that we live in rather than allowing the culture to change us. Can I? Yeah, yeah. Are you with me? We're in, we are in a serious situation, guys, and we need to have the bride awakened. We need the, 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 the awakened ones. Oh, sleeping beauty, wake up. Wake us up, God. And that's what I've been praying. I've been praying for God to wake myself up and to wake us up because we are forerunners of change for our culture. And we're radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God. That's who we are. That's who this house is. And we're prophesying and declaring it. And the world is in chaos. And this is our finest hour. This is not when the church needs to shrink back and to take whatever the world gives us. From teenagers to adults 
to grandparents, all of us. We have to be passionate, aggressive lovers of Jesus. And there is an assault on truth right now in our culture. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but you can't even, it, everything I hear on the press or Facebook, I'm wondering, is that really the truth? Anybody else going through that? It's like, is that really, anybody sick of all the misquotes mis, mis and all that stuff on, on TV? I'm so sick of it. There's an assault on truth, but there's an assault on truth because we are truth bearers. We are the truth bearers in our culture. And we've got to be so on fire for God that we are emanating fire. We're emanating truth. We're truth bearers. Say, I'm a truth bearer. We must be radical lovers of God so that we are truth bearers and truth declarers. We must yield to the change God wants. And that is the kind of people we are. And I believe God is doing something even this morning as God was shifting the atmosphere. There was a, as our praise went up, there was a shifting that was going on. As our adoration and our worship of God, there was something being stirred in our hearts. I felt it. It was strong. And that's the kind of people we are. He's wanting to awaken our passion again and to get us to move right now. So please hear what the Spirit of God is saying right now as he speaks through me. Wake up, O oh sleeping beauty. Don't be seduced. Wake up, O oh sleeping beauty. Say, I will awake. I will wake up. Wake up, O oh sleeping beauty. Now what I did over on, on Thursday and Friday, I spent a lot of time in prayer at the park. And... Um, and so the Lord began to stir my heart over the last two Sundays here at New Covenant. The last two Sundays, we've had a tongue and interpretation of tongue. Do you guys remember that? And the Lord had me go back and listen to that on our podcast and to listen to the tongue and the interpretation of the tongue. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring those up to us. And let's just take a look at what God was speaking I, if, if I were to ask you right now, probably most in this room would not remember what the Lord said. If you were honest. If you were honest, you would probably go, yeah, it was weird. There was a, there was a tongue and, and then there was an interpretation and it was definitely uh, strange. You might remember how it was given. And you may have not liked how it was given, or you may have wondered what this or what that. But what did God say? Here's what he said. The first tongue and interpretation said, it is no mistake you came here today. It is no mistake you came here today. I've called you here today, and I'm knocking on your door. Say, God is knocking on my door. God is knocking on my door. Like a whisper on the inside of you. Come on, come on, come on. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Come on, come on, don't sit back. Come on, come on, knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. We all heard that word. 
And we can ask ourselves, what did we do with it? We could say, well, that was just Tina, or she's to just make her common, I guess. We could become hearers of the word and not doers of the word. But here's what I want to say in the interpretation of that. It doesn't take much interpretation. That was the interpretation. But if you remember that week, there was a gentleness to that word. There was this gentleness where the Lord was saying, I'm knocking on your heart. It was gentle. And he was like, uh, it's like a whisper. I'm knocking on your door. I'm knocking on your door. And God was knocking on our hearts like a whisper on the inside. He was looking for a response from us. He was drawing us in. He was saying, come on, don't sit back. Come on, respond. Much of like what we did today, there was a response from you as you began to praise the Lord. And really, as we praised, rain came. Presence of God came. There was a presence of the Lord this morning if you engaged your heart. And he was saying in that tongue and interpretation, come on, don't sit back. Knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. And so the word transition, if you'll look at that, it was first the Spirit of God was knocking on your door. Then the word changed and said, now come knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. Did you notice that? So he approached us first. He said, hey, I'm knocking like a whisper on your door. I'm knocking on your door. Will you let me in? And then he began to say, now, Come on, come on, come on. Don't sit back. Knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. He was looking for a response. Now, the scripture that came up to my mind this week as I was meditating over this prophetic word was out of Revelations 3.20. And out of that passage, Jesus is speaking um, to the church in Laodicea. And he says to that church, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, and open, they say, open the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Now, the context of this scripture, John is on the island of Patmos, and he is getting the book of Revelations that we read today. He's getting this download and this letter to a church that actually existed. The Laodicean church was an actual church. And he was giving them a prophetic <laughs> exhortation or correction. And he was challenging them. So this picture that we see here is Jesus standing on the outside of this church in Laodicea. And he's knocking on the outside of the door of the church. And he's looking for a response from that church. He does not force himself upon the church, but he patiently waits to be invited in and to be wanted. That's our beautiful God. Now many times this verse here is used for salvation and inviting people to the Lord. And there is a context to that, but that is not what is going on here. In this situation, the Laodicean church had become lukewarm. They had become neither hot nor cold. They had become passive. They had become lazy. They had become apathetic. They had become bored in God. He is the only church in this, this uh, revelation that, that Jesus does not praise in some way. 
is the Laodicean church. And many preachers and many prophetic people have declared that this is where the church in America is at. That we are, we are wealthy in this passage. If you look just before 320, uh, Jesus in this passage says, you are wealthy, you have everything that you need, you think you have no need. You don't realize the urgency of the hour in which you are, and I'm coming to your door, and I'm knocking, and will you hear me? I'm knocking on your door. And we are in a situation, we think we are in a whole lot better shape spiritually than what we are. We think we're okay. We are not okay. The bride has got to wake up. We can't be passive. We can't be bored Christians. You can't just come in and check the clock and yeah, I gotta go to church today. Dear God, if you're coming here and you don't want to be here, dear God, wake up. God is moving. But they had lost their zeal. They had lost their passion for Jesus. And there was no urgency, and they did not know how serious it was, just like the Western church does not realize the seriousness of the hour we're in. And Jesus was attempting to wake her up, and he was knocking on their hearts, just like the Lord prophetically said to us two weeks ago. He's doing it here. Like a whisper. Come on, come on, don't sit back, don't be bored, press in. He's knocking and he's looking for a response from us to begin knocking back on heaven's door. Do you see that? Can you say yes and amen? God is looking for a response from you. And my question is, are you numb or dumb or stuck on stupid or bored or think it's not for now or okay? How are you responding? Today I was blessed. There was a response as we worshiped the Lord in our praise. But unfortunately, many in the body of Christ in the Western church is only seeking God on Sunday. They're only knocking on Sundays. There are others that are not, but how are you responding? Now, I want to I up this, this pressure. Yes, it's conviction. I am not here to beat you, but I, I am here preaching a word that I know has come from heaven, and I'm wanting to awaken the bride this morning here at New Covenant. I have a responsibility as a shepherd in this house to obey the Lord. I have, I, there is a heavy heavy conviction on my heart there is a responsibility that i have that i will be held accountable when i see my jesus how i warned the body of christ how i made declaration and i would much rather tick you off than tick him off i'd much rather you be upset with me and go home going man he was a little rough with us tonight wasn't he Here's the second prophetic word that came through Michelle through tongue interpretation last Sunday. This one was a little less whispery and was a little more in your face. It's almost like the week before he came with a whisper and this time he was like, move, 
move, move. I'm calling you to move in this season. Don't dig your heels in, but move into things of the Spirit. Move and shift the atmosphere. Ooh, hey, did we some, do some shifting of the atmosphere this morning with our praise as, as we pounded the heaven gates? Move and shift the atmosphere. Greater things will come to you and to the church. There is an awakening that is going to happen, but I am asking you to move first. The atmosphere is changing, and I need you to be a part of this change. I need you to be a part. Don't dig your heels in. Don't sit on your butt. It was more intense and it was a call to obedience, to move with God, to not dig our heels in, to not resist. Move, move, move. I am calling you to move in this season. The passage that came up to my heart was about Abraham. He was called Abram. And this scripture out of Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, just kept stirring in my heart this week. And I wanted to share it with us about moving. And this, this passage about Abraham, how many, how many love Abraham and the story of Abraham? But this is, the, this is where the Lord called Abraham, and he said, the Lord said to Abram, this was before he changed his name to Abraham, he said, go. I put in parentheses, move. I'm not trying to change the word, but go means move. Everybody say move. Move from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Thank God Abram moved. But Abram influenced the nations. He was a forerunner of who we are. He was a forerunner of what God wants from this church and, and us as a people. He wants us to move. He wants us to do something to bring him glory. Abraham moved when God said move. How is God asking you to move right now? What is he wanting you to move in in your life? What is he wanting you to do? How is he wanting you to line up your life with him? How is he wanting you to obey in this season? When God says, move, 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 I want you to help me change the atmosphere. There's an awakening coming, and I want you to move first. I want you to come towards me first. How is God asking you to move? Well, I don't know, Eric. You can't move and sit at the same time. Move, move move it's time to obey and i'm calling you to move in this season the other passage that came up in my heart was out of philippians 2 i want to move like abraham but paul in philippians says this for it is god who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill what to fulfill what to fill what come on he works in you to will and to act. I am to will and to act and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. I am to bring the purposes of God into the earth. Can I have an amen on that? I am to bring the kingdom of God with me. I am to be a truth bearer. I'm to, do, I'm to, I'm to bring the kingdom of heaven with me. 
The NLT says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power, everybody say power, to do what pleases him. He has given us power in order to do what he wants us to do. But we're so focused on us rather than on his good pleasure, which I just said about becoming a God-centered gospel versus a man-centered gospel. Do you think it's obvious that God is knocking on our hearts and asking us to move? I could not not go to the prophetic words that just came the last two weeks. We either believe God speaks through tongues and interpretations, or we don't. We either believe that was the word of the Lord, or we don't. If we believe it's the word of the Lord, we have a responsibility, and God is knocking on our hearts, and he's looking for a people to respond to him in this critical hour. And the question is, will you open the door of your heart? Will you respond and move and let him in? The atmosphere is changing, and he wants you to be a part of it. Wake up. Wake up. Things are not fine. Things are more serious than you think, and there is an urgency, my friends, to this hour we're in. Do you feel it? The world is in chaos. This goes way beyond an election year. And judgment and correction starts in the house of God before it ever starts in a nation. Will you allow the Lord to correct you? Will you allow the Lord to draw you? Will you allow the Lord to get you on your knees in worship, in obedience, to moving towards Him, knocking on heaven's door? The atmosphere is changing and there's an urgency to the hour. And I really believe it's time to put God first. It's always right to put God first. Don't, it's never not right to put God first. But it's really a time where we've got to put things back into alignment in our hearts. It's time to refocus. I remember the prophetic words at the beginning of the year. It was going to be a year of 2020 vision. And boy, has God turned things upside down in 2020. And boy, do we need to get our vision focused on him. Fix our eyes on who? Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It is time to quit playing games with God and making it about you. It's time to get out of your boredom, your laziness, your apathy, your maintenance mode, whatever you want to call it, your dullness. It's time to move. <laughs> it's time to obey. It's time to knock. It's time to seek. It's time to pursue. It's time to move. It's time to obey. It's time to knock. Are you hearing me? I need to start throwing the pulpit. <laughs> Time to quit making church an option. Did you hear me? It's time to quit making coming to church an option in your life. It shouldn't even be an option. We sang this morning, this is for you. I'm here for you. It's time to quit going to church and making it an option. It's time to quit making discipleship and studying the Bible an option for your life. 
It's time to quit making obeying God an option for your life. It's time to really get serious about God and his good pleasure rather than our good pleasure. Can I have an amen on that? Wake up, O sleeping beauty. Are you hearing God today? Is anybody hearing God today? I am not trying to beat you. I'm trying to move you. I could be up here crying my eyes out. I have been grieving over the last several days. I was at a wedding even last night. And my heart was grieving as the people thought business was as usual. And everybody was consumed with drinking booze and just being about themselves. You can dig in your heels and resist, but God is asking you not to. You can move and we will shift the atmosphere. You can move with us and we can shift the atmosphere in our world. If the body of Christ will move, if the bride will wake up, O oh sleeping beauty, we can shift the atmosphere because we have tremendous power in the Spirit. We can shift what's going on in our nation. I, yes, your vote's going to be important, but we can literally shift our culture by the body of Christ being so on fire for Jesus Christ. It literally shifts the atmosphere over you. Literally, you could be here today in addiction, but as you move towards God, you will shift the atmosphere over you and you will move into freedom as you move towards God. You can be in apathy and struggling so much in your walk with God, but as you move towards God and you respond to the Word of God about moving towards Him, if you'll make that move, the Word was He will shift the atmosphere over you and there will be a grace that comes that gives you power and zeal to move forward in God. But He's asking you to move first. Now what we're going to do today is something a little different. That's why we didn't have the altar team and the prophetic team. There's an awakening that's going to happen. There's an awakening that's going to happen, is what God said. There's an awakening that's going to happen. But the Lord says He wants to use you. And that you're going to have to move. And that we got to hear his voice, and we can't sit there and wait, but we have to move now. Wake up, wake up, oh sleeping beauty. What we're going to do today is we're going to do a prophetic act together as a congregation. If you think it's wacky, that's okay. It is. But it's going to shift the atmosphere. Have you guys ever, we've done a few of these around here, fire, fire tunnels. Here's what the Lord told me to do. As I was praying, the Lord said, you're going to have to help the church to move. And you need to do a prophetic act. Make them get out of their seat. Make them move. Get out of their, don't let them just sit there. But let's do a prophetic act where we're going to have about 10 people up here. And we're going to have you walk through the fire tunnel. But here's what God's going to do. Here's what the Lord showed, showed me. If you'll be in faith for this, there's going to be some crazy stuff breaking off of you. But we're going to walk through that fire tunnel. We're going to move towards God today. 
And we're asking for the fire of God to come and to burn things off of your life. We're asking that the fire of God, when you walk through that by faith, and you know, you guys at home, I know you can't walk through the fire tunnel, but you can move towards your screen, you can move, and you can move with us. And so I want to encourage you, if you're watching online, do something by faith as we do this. I want you to, well, I want you to engage your heart as well, because God is want, well, looking for us to move towards Him. You need to move toward God today. And you need to come through this fire tunnel in a heart of confession, a heart of repentance of saying, God, I am sorry that I have, I have been dull. I've been apathetic. I, I'm sorry that I've, that I've not allowed the fire of God to be stirred up in me. That there's literally this thing as you walk through God that you're asking God to forgive you as you step through this. But you're saying, God, I'm going to move towards you. I'm going to believe that you're going to empower me today. I'm going to believe that you're going to break things off of me. And I believe, God, that you're going to do something supernaturally to empower me to be part of this forerunner move, this move, this awakening, that you're going to use me, that you're going to actually awaken something in me today to give me the power to push through what the world has given me. Whether it's apathy or laziness or addiction or selfishness or whatever you have struggling with, you're going to move. You're going to move, and he's calling you to move in this season and ask God for his help. And we're not going to dig in our heels, amen? And as you move today, and as you move today, you're going to shift the atmosphere. As you move through this line, you're going to shift the atmosphere over your life and over the life of your family. There's some crazy stuff going on in people's lives, and you need the atmosphere of your home to change. There is crazy things happening in marriages, in this house and in this city, and there is a need for a change of the atmosphere in homes. There's crazy addictions and strongholds that are in people's lives, and there needs to be a shift over people's lives and the atmosphere over their minds. There is apathy and laziness and procrastination within this culture. And when you move and you take by faith, there's going to be a shift over your atmosphere of your life where you move into the things of God. There's things people are struggling with right now. And as you walk through this fire tunnel by faith, these people are going to be praying for you and there is going to be a shift in the atmosphere as you move. rebuke you satan in jesus name you try to keep god's people from getting free and i say no you're not there's going to be a shift in the atmosphere shift shift in the atmosphere oppression depression overwhelming oppression there's going to be a shift as you move through the fire tunnel man there's going to be a breaking of the enemy off of your life, the strongholds over your thinking as you move. God's saying, I want you to move first. I want you to move towards me. And we're giving you a prophetic act to do that this morning, to shift the atmosphere over you and allow God to break things off of you. And we're going to pray. Literally, what we've got set up, there's a, there's a strategy the Lord gave us, 
And when you first enter the fire tunnel, the people at the beginning are going to be breaking off uh, uh, deception. They're going to be breaking off mind control. They're going to be just praying in the Spirit and praying over you as you walk through that. Then the next one, they're going to break off a spirit of stupor, this laziness, this procrastination, this apathy. They're going to break it off as you move through that. And then the, th- the third group, they're going to begin to break off addiction, a spirit of whoredoms and, and the pride of life. And they're going to begin to break that off of you. And they're going to renounce that as you walk through. And then the last one, they're going to go and come against deception or uh, uh, doubt and unbelief. Excuse me. They're going to go through doubt and unbelief, and they're going to break doubt and unbelief off of you as you walk through. And if you need to walk through ten times, I don't care. Walk through ten times. If you feel the spirit of God changing the atmosphere over you, and you need to keep walking, well, here's what I want to ask: keep six foot between you if you can. You know, COVID's increased, and we're going to rebuke that monster too. But just walk through. We're going to have masks on. But just try to keep your distance. Just keep moving through the line. If you need to go back through again, we're going to keep doing this until you get the freedom that God wants you to get. Because there's going to be a shifting of the atmosphere. You may feel heat in your body. You may feel trembling. You may feel all kinds of stuff, or you may feel nothing. But just because you feel nothing doesn't mean that there's nothing going on. God is shifting the atmosphere. And we're going to be kicking out the darkness that is trying to plague the bride from being able to wake up. And this is our act of faith, this prophetic act. We're going to walk this out today. And we're going to believe God that he's going to begin to shift the body of Christ. He's going to begin to awaken the body of Christ. He's going to be to awaken the bride into what he has called her to do. How many are with me today? Stand up with me. Stand up with me.